You're listening to the Casimir Engine. Ka-ka-ka, hasn't that been done to death? Isn't that so 990s? Uh, you think so? It's the Casimir Engine. It's not Ka-ka-ka. Welcome to the Casimir Engine Show podcast. I am the Casimir Engine. So what's this podcast thing all about in Kaz? Well, I tell you what. It's a chinwag with friends, a chat with musicians and movers and shakers in the world of art. People around the world with a story to tell. So join us every week on iTunes. You put a Casimir Engine Show podcast in your phone and my mush turns up. Right there on your screen. You can also catch us online. We've got a website, the Casimir Engine Show, or one word, dot podbean.com. You can also get us on Twitter and on Facebook. On Twitter, it's at Casimir Podcast. And on Facebook, it's at Casimir Podcast. Can't get any easier than that, can it? So what's on the show this week then, Kaz? Well, I tell you what. Oi, Casimir Engine. I've listened to your show and it's a shambles. We're in the middle of the World Cup, aren't we? As I broadcast this evening, uh, Brazil are playing Switzerland. And I'm up here podcasting to the world. But I'm a bit disappointed with World Cups these days. You don't get that passion that you used to get. I'm sounding like my dad now. But you don't get that passion that you used to get with... Terry Butcher and people like that in Gaza, do you? You just don't get it anymore. I don't know who any of the England players are. I think it's an age thing, but I just don't know who they are. So I've got no um, empathy. I've got no... I've got, I haven't got a connection. And being a Derby fan, I ain't had a connection with an England team for many, many years. Get Roy McFarlane back in. But the thing is, is that years ago you used to get something um, to celebrate the World Cup. You used to collect coins and you put them in, you like collect them and put them in, in like a little holder with all the details about the uh, about the World Cup. Coins with pictures of Alan, Alan Chivers, no, no, Martin Chivers, Alan Clark, Paul Reaney. Everybody was on there. Not anymore. What do you get? A Panini sticker album that costs £700 to fill in if you don't do swapsies. What's that about? It's a fortune. You don't even get a celebratory glass down at the petrol station these days. Anyway, that's my World Cup rant over. What we got coming up? We've only got a chat with a local celebrity musician. 
you are listening to the brand new Casimir Engine Show podcast, beamed to you direct from the Grand Pavilion Matlock Bath. Hi, this is Richard, the Governor Tyler, from the Marigolds, and I'm on the Casimir Engine Show. Yeah, it's the Casimir Engine Show podcast. And we caught up with uh, Richie Tyler. He's off of the Marigolds. Local band from Alfreton. And like indie grit pop. Is it called grit pop these days? Big influences from Blur and from Oasis. We'll be playing some of the music coming through the show. But let's have a listen to what Richie had to say to us on the Casimir Engine Show podcast. Welcome to the show. Thanks very much for joining us. No problem. You, I've lined you up with a load of questions. A load of questions. We better let everybody know we're doing this like with uh, major technology. You're in, where are you? You're in Alfred? I'm in Alfreton, yeah. Yeah, and I'm yeah. in uh, another part of Derbyshire, um, at Casimir Engine Towers headquarters. So yeah, in Matlock. Sorry. Yeah, the old HQ. The old HQ. Yeah, we're all right. Yeah. So um, yeah, we've got a load of questions. I'm going to fire them at you, yeah, and then so. um, hopefully I'm going to press some buttons. But I've got to. I tell you what. Let's let's tee this up right to the to the listeners because it's not on. We're we're lucky. We've got um, video at the moment, so yeah, I'm yeah, going to just on. describe you if I can. Can I can I tell tell the listener? If you want, yeah, go on. Uh, I'm going right, and I think you might like this. I'm going right. Ray Winston. It must yeah, have been mentioned that. before. It must be. It's not a bad one, is it? It's not a bad I'm not, yeah, no, right. not in you know, like a, a bromance kind of way, you know, but just <laughs> to describe <laughs> you, you know, you could say, yeah, because yeah. you look like Bernard Manning or something like that. But yeah, I'm going, I'm going with, I'm going with a, a bit of a, a kind of a, a, an oldie Ray Winston. Yeah, I'm saying that. <laughs> <laughs> I've had worse. <laughs> okay, um, right. So um, let's stick. We, we we start off with the same kind of question each time. It's it's just one that's kind of developed, and it's a stupid yeah. one because I once said it on the radio show. I used to do a radio show, and I once said it yeah. on the radio show, and and I thought, why on earth have I done that? But I'm carrying it on now anyway. So. Dead straight in there with the big one. What's your favourite colour of jelly? Favourite colour of jelly? Red. Yeah. Red. All day long. Red all day long. The bloke last week, Eric, last week, he was in America. Yeah. We interviewed this guy in America. And he yeah. went with lime jelly with bananas in it. And I hadn't got the heart to tell him, that's just wrong, isn't it? That is just it's wrong. wrong. It's, it's on so many levels. <laughs> <laughs> so he went with that. So at least I'm, I'm going to get myself a bit of a spreadsheet going with um, jelly colours and then just see where we stand with red jelly against lime jelly and, and bananas. So oh, I'm happy with that. Yeah. Just red on its own. We don't need anything in it. Just red. <laughs> just on its own, wobbling around, all that. Happy days. Um, I've just watched the World Cup kick off. Yeah, I've just yeah. watched the Ruskies have just kicked off. Are you watching the World Cup? I am watching the World Cup, yeah. I've just had it on myself. Yeah. And you tip yeah. in what's what's your tip? What what you go who are you going for? Uh Brazil. Yeah. 
Brazil. I know it's not. It's uh, completely like with the Madden crowd, if you like. But to be honest, I just don't think anybody else can win it. I, I think there's certain little quirks in every squad. Spain's now lost a manager, and the yeah, but are they going to are they going to come back with uh, a win? Because they got no. rid of the manager. I mean, it's a story and half, isn't it? Get rid of the manager. I think win they'll, they'll win games, won't they? I, I, I actually think this World Cup is really, really one-sided for the big teams, if you know what I mean. Yeah. You know, sometimes you think there might be a few surprises, but the more I look at this one, I think I can't see any surprises. I just think the big boys all get right to the end and then fight it out. It's Germany, good. actually, if you look, Germany have got a right... Like a charmed run right through to the semis, yeah. actually, if you look at the draw. Yeah. So Germany, I just think Brazil seem to have steadied their ship. Coutinho, yeah. Firmino, all those sort of players, they've, they've got, but they're not they're not fancy anymore. This new manager seems to have made them solid as well. So. So I your tip, your tips, Brazil then. My tips, Brazil. As a rule, I don't think South American sides do that well in Europe yeah. when it's based there. Yeah. But. I, I, I just think they play a certain way now that suits, suits more the European thing, if yeah. you like. Yeah, they're playing over yeah. here, aren't they? So they're bound to pick it up, aren't they? Yeah, honestly? yeah, well... But you didn't mention England. Mean. You don't You don't rate our chances with Gareth's boys. I went Gareth no, I... and I did it in Welsh then. What was that all about? I, I know. Well, it's, we're <laughs> the wrong side. We need to be starting like gigs now. We've got all that wrong, haven't we? Um, I don't know. Do you know what? I just think... Even if we weren't to get out of the group, I think it's quite refreshing that he's picked so many young players. Yeah. And I think he's quite, he seems quite prepared to use them as well. Yeah. Which I think is a really good thing. And I just think, even if we do absolutely nothing this time, then at least in the next one and the one after that, these lads will have some experience. I mean, yeah. it's not like we haven't got boys coming through. I mean, they've won all these under-18 tournaments and things like that and the under-21 thing. Yeah. You know, there should be boys coming through. And let's face it, if this were Germany, they would be bringing those boys through. Yeah. And then in, in, in probably four to eight years, they would be probably be winning a World Cup and a European Championship with the same lads. Yeah. So I just think we've been missing a trick for a long time due to probably a really old-school tie brigade of an FA. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and I, 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 I quite like Southgate. I think he's an intelligent man. Yeah. And I think he's quite prepared to give these young ones a bit of a go, which is good. It's good. It's got to be good. It's so done, even if yeah. we get knocked out, guys, I'm not bothered if we get knocked out. Yeah. I just think the lads will get experience from it. We are going to get knocked out. There's no doubt. <laughs> There's no I doubt. I don't know about it. But what, I'm trying to be nice. <laughs> what happens is we'll get through the first round and then it's, we're going to win the World Cup. And that's how it goes. Oh, then we get knocked out. now. People are saying it now. Have you said the embarrassing England song that the, the Kaiser Chiefs guy's done? Oh, no. With the Harry Kane lyrics in it? No. I've not, Have seen, you not seen No. Oh, no. You've, it's it's uh, Ricky, yeah. what's his face from Kaiser Chiefs? And it's Andy Flintoff. Oh. And it's like some really bad disco June. Yeah, but we're talking about boys. a band who were on the, um, weren't they on Yorkshire Tea or Warburton's advert or something like something that? Like I mean, that, they've, yeah. gone, they've gone downhill since The Voice and all that kind of thing, haven't they? Appeared on, oh, it's what are you a judge on The Voice or something like that? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah it was actually. Yeah, it's not good, is it? If life was not bad enough, Kaz is back every Monday from 7.30.
So tell me then, you're your lead singer of The Marigolds, lead guitarist yeah, yeah. or rhythm guitarist? Rhythm guitarist, yeah. uh, singer, and I write all the stuff. So why do you write an England song? Because I think they're a bit embarrassing. <laughs> 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 that goes for football songs in general. Well, they are, they're pretty bad. Aren't they? It was only World in Motion, wasn't it? That was the only one. Yeah, with any I, I can already have enough things thrown at me. I don't need an England song thrown at me as well. It's just been another thing for at least. So when did you start singing? I started singing. Um, now then, I'm going back about 20 years ago. Yeah. I actually started singing by, it was actually. Um, it was a strange thing. I, I, I'll tell the tale just so you know. But I had this friend, I, my best friend from school was a guy called Nigel. We went to school since like five or six years old. Yeah. And we were really close. Then I went off, I got married and stuff. I moved to Lincoln. Yeah. My hometown was Redford in Knott. And okay. I moved to Lincoln. And I was at Lincoln a, a good while before I got divorced. I had two beautiful kids out of marriage and stuff. And when I got divorced, I moved back to my hometown, Redford. And I hooked back up with Nigel. And Nigel was a bit of a musical genius, if you like. Yeah. But no confidence at all. Could write anything with a keyboard, could play some guitar, could do everything. Notation, a lot. But no confidence. I mean, he was known to literally get on stage with a packed house and then as soon as the first note was supposed to be playing, run off. I know what he's doing. He was in run off and leave all, leave all there like, what's it's, happening? It's usually the other way around. If I did that, the crowd runs <laughs> off. You know what I mean? <laughs> it was salt of the earth, the lad was. Yeah. And he got he got depression and mental health really bad. Yeah. And and for two or three years, he was... He, he, he'd, you'd sort of not see him for a while, and then he'd turn up on the doorstep, come and have a Chinese or something. Yeah. And it was that sort of thing. And then one day we just find out he killed himself. Oh no! Just, I was well. To be fair, I was I was outside a pub waiting to meet him for a drink in Redford, and then he, he I got a phone call on a mobile phone from my mother saying you better come back to the house, and he he put his head in front of a, a coal train. Oh. Bless him. And and when I moved back to Redford and I got in touch with him, I, did, I used to do some singing in the house if you like, like a lot of people do. Yeah. But he sort of pushed me to do something with it. So I did. And the bizarre thing was, before he died, weren't long before he died, he he said to me, you need to meet my friend Aid, who's nicknamed Brummy from Redford. He said, you need to meet Aid. He's a big indie fan like you. He plays guitar. You'll get on and he'll show you the way, yeah. if you like. And then Nigel died. And the very first time I met Aid was at his funeral on the day. And we've been best of friends ever since. And oh, he okay. taught me how to play guitar showed me how to go on with writing and that was 20 years ago and it's sort of gone sort of just gone from there really so i he's not here anymore but i have everything to thank him for if you like so he's how old were you dare i ask how old were you 20 years ago 24 24 okay so you only started playing guitar and writing music at the age of 24. yeah 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 i i had a busy bizarre sort of way round everything. I sort of had the family life young instead of having it later on. Yeah. And then got involved in music and then like ended up doing things really that I suppose in my head I thought I had no right to do. I was in a rock band for a good few years. Yeah. And we went and we toured in like in Europe and that we did France and stuff and I was into um, a real heavy band from LA back then, My Ruin. 
I was a real big fan. And then out of the blue, my ruin contacted us from America. Yeah. And said, do you want to come on tour up and down the UK and across to France and that? So we ended up on tour. We ended up with a, a review in Kerrang! magazine and a yeah. video on the telly. We ended up with stuff on the Scuzz channel on TV and all that sort of came cool. to life. You know, we did everything. So to me, it was like everything sort of, it all came like really fast and unexpected, if you like. Yeah. And I did the band thing with them. And then it was a bit bizarre because I was in this band thing that was really heavy, but it weren't really for me. I yeah. was writing the stuff with them, but it weren't really my thing. I'm a big indie fan. I've always been a guitar band fan, but, you know, Oasis, Kinks, Blair was a big fan of, Pixies. You know, bands yeah. that used dynamics and stuff. I'm not into the really the screaming, growly thing and all that. Was really. it one of those rock bands and one of them, you know, real screamers, or was it a proper, you know, was it Guns and Roses type stuff? Yeah, it, it was a bit more Guns and Roses type. We used to get compared to Alice in Chains more than oh, anything. Okay, okay. And sometimes Black Label Society had that sort of southern rock vibe. Did you have like. the bar on it and everything? No, I had the bleach blonde hair. Yeah. I had the megaphone. Right. <laughs> I had, it's essential components, the, aren't they? All the essential components, yeah. The vintage mic. I, yeah, I had the uh, rent a rock outfit and all that, yeah. But that was the trouble for me. I felt like a lot of it was rent yeah. a rock. So, all right, then, going back just a bit further then before 24, what kind of group, were, not, a, not a band as in a group, but were you... Um, I mean, I was everything. One week I'd be a mod, one week I'd be a futurist, yeah. one week... I was never a goth. Yeah, I, yeah. Once, I once wore a waistcoat with Yes embroidered on the back. That was my, <laughs> that was my week of rock, right? But where, yeah. where did you... Where, where, who were you hanging around with? You said Blur and Oasis and stuff like that. I what, was an what... indie boy. I, I was a massive Shed 7 fan. Yeah? Shed 7, the Blue Tones, James, Blur... Uh... Any of those, you, I could go right through the 90s. Yeah. yeah. I was into all that. I mean, I know at the time we had the Oasis and Blur thing. Yeah. You know, when it was like you was either on one or you was on the other. And it, back then, I was a massive Blur fan because yeah. I thought the music was a little bit more intelligent lyrically and stuff. Yeah. But as I've got older, actually, I, I prefer the Oasis stuff just because it's got a bit more about it on the rock and roll side, if you like. Yeah. But... I, I was a fan of all that stuff back then. I loved the 90s Britpop thing. It was always my sort of sound. Even bands like Ash. Yeah. You know, they all had catchy tunes. They all had big, catchy sing-along, which is supposed where I get my songwriting from now. I like sing-along stuff. Yeah. I, I don't like things that try too hard. I like verse, chorus, verse, chorus. Give me a lead break and then an end section and yeah. then we're off. Yeah. Three and a half minutes, four minutes. Thank you very much. I can sing it in car. Yeah. And that's, I can understand the words and I know what they're singing about and I'm happy with that. Yeah. I, I don't want confusion. No. I don't like it. No. You're not being I appreciate to... it. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. I get Muse. But you I don't get, want you it. get Muse? Where the... I don't believe it. I I don't, it. I've never met anybody who's got Muse yet. I don't, I don't I get, get it, that. but I don't want them to do it. Yeah. <laughs> if you know what I mean. Yeah. It's like, I don't know. I I just like things that I know are listenable, that are catchy. The Casimir engine, reliably mediocre. So 
have you got you know? have you got one of those uh, and everybody says it's a guilty pleasure i don't believe in guilty pleasure i think if you like it you like it don't you it's not yeah. there's nothing to be guilty about if you like abba you like abba if you like muse you're a bit weird yeah right? for sure but have you got something that in the in the background that you're prepared to admit live what what's 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 your guilty pleasure Nothing too cheesy, but I'm a massive Depeche Mode fan. Really? Love early them. Doors? But all of it. Really? Love the Early Doors stuff, certain songs, but I really love when they went darker as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. When they started doing like Condemnation and all that sort of stuff, yeah. and it went a little bit, a little bit, I was going to say goth, but it wasn't goth, was it? It was just no. really dark. It was dark. He was really. in a bad place, though, wasn't he, at the time? Yeah, he was in a bad place. But I, I just love him as songwriters and lyrically everything. And I love the sound. And I was never back in the day anything to do with electronic. I mean, I never wanted anything to do with New Order or anything like that. You know, I did love Joy Division, but they were a band band. Yeah. And then they went on to do New Order, didn't they? And then New Order seemed to be a lot more electronic and it... It weren't my thing. Yeah. Depeche Mode, for some reason, I don't know why, I was just hooked straight away when I was a kid and right through. Yeah. You ever seen yeah. him? Or, you ever been to see him? No, and I'd love to. Yeah. I'd absolutely love to. Yeah, but, it's because it's a show thing and all, isn't it? Yeah. You know some bands, some bands you know, don't you? You could go and watch them in a, in a dive and they'd be mega. Yeah. And you know some bands, you'd, you'd have to see them in an arena because you know the show's that big, it, it'd be great. Yeah. And I think there's a... I think there's a fine line. Some bands you can see on a big stage. For me, they just don't do it. There's no, there's no show. They can play the songs. Yeah. But there's nothing about it. Whereas some bands, even if they're not your cup of tea, seem to be able to do that big production thing, don't they? They're they're good at it. I mean, that's that's the that's their uh, their their kind of um, yeah their big thing at the moment is is that they they put on a massive show. Even though I think. Didn't they do something on Six Music a couple of years ago or something up in Glasgow? Yeah. And they were absolutely rocked the place. I mean it was it was mental. Yeah. But, um, I think if you can I think if you can pull off the production thing, you can definitely justify the ticket prices if yeah. you like. Yeah. You know what do you know what I mean? I think if you're just gonna go on and play your songs yeah. and you're just gonna be like any other band in a club, you can't be justifying fifty or sixty quid a ticket. No. But then I've, it... I've never I was just going to say, 50 or 60 quid, m m Mrs. Engine's just been upstairs. She wants to go and see Christine and the Queens. Yeah. 42 quid in Birmingham. Now, she's only been around. One album, one tour, I think I it was last year. Did, um, did Glastonbury, all of a sudden it's 42 notes. That's a lot of money. And I know bands now, it's changed. They're not making any money out of selling records, are they? That's the, that's the problem. They're not selling... When I was a kid, you know, everybody just sold millions... Slade sold millions and millions of records. Nowadays, the system's changed, doesn't it? Yeah. The system's changed. The whole system's changed. I went to Leeds a fortnight back. Me and my best friend, Dave, we went to see the Breeders. Yeah. At Leeds Uni. 20 yeah. quid a ticket. Bargain. It, it was banging. Brilliant support on a band from Amsterdam called Pit Blom. They were awesome. Fantastic. Alternative rock band. Yeah, Dutch band. Really good. Really good. Really good band. Brilliant live. Yeah. Unbelievably good live. One of the best supports I've actually ever seen yeah. to a, a well-known band. And and the Breeders were amazing. 20 quid. 20 quid. And they were out in the crowd meeting people. Yeah. Before and after. When, when the support were on, the bass player was stood next to us having a drink. Just socialising. Yeah. For 20 quid. Well, and just, I think there's, there's a, a difference there. 
Yeah. I, th- I think I think you're right. I think um, years ago, a couple of years ago, I went to see public service broadcasting. Yeah. Um, they played works with Town Hall. I mean, not so long back, and and then I saw them in I saw them in Nottingham, and again they were out there having a drink, having a chat. Now all of a sudden, it's forty quid. Yeah. You know, it's 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 uh, it's bizarre. It's delusions of grandeur is what it is. It's delusions of grandeur. I, I don't know why they think they can justify it. I do get, I get the industry massively. I get what's happened, and it's turned on its head. Yeah. So now you've got everyone's trying to find different outlets to sell music via different mediums. So the vinyl things come back. Yeah. So you know everybody's trying to find something. I came across a band not so long back that was selling cassettes, and and I thought, oh, what a cool kooky thing. But I found myself saying to the lad. What have you got to play them on? Yeah. Because I don't know anybody that's got tape player knocking about to play them on. Hang on a minute. There's one at the back of me just here. <laughs> have you got one? Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying, though? Most households now won't have one. No. No, so they won't. I, and... I, get, I, I get it. I get the kooky thing. I get the need to have things to sell because everybody's online. Yeah. And everybody's got a streaming service and it's convenient. And so that's been sucked out of the industry, if you like. And I understand it. I understand people then have got to find other ways to make money. But I just think on that score, especially with the tickets, fans seem to get to a certain, let's say, a low level of popularity and automatically that goes through the roof. Yeah. And, and I think, personally, I think you have to earn that first. Yeah, yeah. You've got I to, think you have to earn that. Yeah, you've got to earn your stripes, haven't you? You, can, you can't yeah. just be parachuted in. It's one of the things that I think for me, and I used to say it when I was in the rock band, bizarrely, it's like there used to be a stepladder. You had to start on the bottom. Yeah. You had to play the dives and you had to play all the venues that you probably at times didn't like playing. But you played them because you built a fan base. Yeah. And then you went through the progression then. You hoped that somebody spotted you and you were going to get signed. Whether it was a low-level label or a big label, you got signed, you started doing your bigger venues, and working your way up. Yeah. And it was all about working your way up and learning your instruments and writing good songs and getting... But now, the whole thing's turned on its head and the internet's sort of making instant fame yeah. and instant gratification. And I think, especially for young'uns now, I think they're sold by a visual as much as they are an audio. Yeah. And I think... I've seen a lot of bands that have really got, say... And I don't want to do bands down because I like to see a good band up and coming, but... I see some bands and the songs are, let's just say they could do with two or three years on the back. Yeah. And they're putting these songs out with a, a massively produced video. And the video's selling what's substandard on the audio side. Yeah. Because that visual's killing it. Yeah. They're, the kids are like, this is amazing. and But when you actually listen to it on its own, without the visual, it's probably not. You know, so coming so coming up to date with your band, the Marigolds, then. Yeah. How, how important do you think the Marigolds, as a brand, to support the music, is? Do you think you could actually get to a point of success purely on music, or do you have to create a kind of um, a story behind the band? Almost like a legend around the band, a brand, Marigold merchandise. Does it is it is it almost like a, a one stop shop for Marigold 
rather than just all right i like the music i i think i'm a big believer in certain things with music i've been around it a lot now and i think for me as much as the music being really good because that's obviously your first port of call you've got to have good songs if you ain't got good songs you aren't you're not going to get anywhere i don't care who you are or how good you think you are without the songs and without a fan base you're not getting anything yeah but for me as well on top of that I think you need to be accessible to people. And I think you, people need to think it's okay to be able to speak to these people. Or yeah. People need to think that there's something more there. I like to think that we're, well, I don't think I know we are. I mean, I'm a straight talking, as they call I like honesty. Yeah. The songs have been written really honest. I don't lie about the songs. I don't try and gloss it over. You know, I'm not Jimi Hendrix on a guitar, and I don't really care. I write what I write because it suits what I'm into, yeah, and it suits the it suits the type of song that I like. Like I've already said, a verse, chorus, verse, chorus, out. Thanks very much. That's me, but it suits it. But I think lyrically as well, I don't I don't feel like I'm ever making anything up. Yeah. I'm always writing about something that's either happened or something from the past or something that might be happening currently. It's it's, and I just think if you if you just remain honest, and you don't give anybody any final, yeah. And you don't wheel out any bullshit every five minutes. Yeah. I think I think that does you a lot of favours. And I think a lot of bands miss a trick with that. And I've seen this on another level. I mean, my, my everyday to, my day-to-day job is singing, bizarrely. Yeah. I sing on the weekends and stuff. And that gives me the opportunity to spend time on a band then in the week. Yeah. And I but I've seen this. I mean, I've been to Germany to entertain the troops when they've come back from Afghanistan. And we've been across well, like three times with the covers band. And the officers over there used to say, do you know most of the entertainers that come over here, the bands in particular, they separate themselves. Yeah. It's as if even at that level, they're going, we're not socialising with you, even though we've come to get paid. Yeah. Because we're special. Yeah. We're, we're special here. Yeah. Whereas when we used to go with our covers band, we were there for three days, and it was a free bar for three days, so yeah. we was in with the soldiers, running around the field, pissed up, forgetting half the words to songs, and having a good time. It's why they had us back all the while. Yeah. But we never separated ourselves from them. Yeah. We, we joined in. And I think, I think with any band, you've got to have that to a degree. I think when you start to appear too high and mighty, I think you can lose people quicker than you gain them. Yeah. And I said to these, I mean, these lads who are in the band with me, they're really, really good lads. They're all good working on his lads. And I said from day one when I got them involved, look, I'm writing this stuff in this way, and it will all be honest. So I want to know if anybody's got a problem with maybe swearing in songs or saying things as they are, or maybe touchy subjects sometimes that maybe people don't want to hear, you know? Oh, 